What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Podmosh. We have Brant Wise on the show today. He was an ex-news anchor. Um, but before we get into that, just a reminder, I buy and sell houses, work for a brokerage called Your Team Realty. Leslie, she's awesome. So if you're wanting to buy or sell a house, today's a, a very interesting time to do that. If you're wanting to sell a house, you're probably going to get a lot more money out of it than you would on a typical uh, season. So hit me up. Let me know if I can help you out in any way. So Brent Wise, like I said, an ex-news anchor. We talk a lot about media, the ins and outs, um, what it was like to be a news anchor, his kind of view on uh, journalism and news and talk radio in today's world. Um, it's kind of a hot topic, so I had a lot of fun talking about it. He's a really cool guy and hope you guys like it as well. Thanks. All right, Brent, tell us a little about yourself. All right, I'll start uh, back when I was, I was five uh, years old. Wee boy, um, long walks on the beach. So pretty much from Plano, Texas. Born in Duncanville, Texas, I should say. Um, you should stay. I should say. Then why'd you leave? If you wanted to stay. <laughs> Not really a choice at the age of five. I mean, depends on where you're from. Nigeria, they send their five-year-olds out to go and hunt their own. Well, my cows and- my dad's name is not Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so no Nigerians. It's Friday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday are their names typically. Um, mommy, Poppy, you call them. Um, and Lewis, he that's from Kenya, I think. Completely different country, bro. But I ple- I hope Lewis listens to this now. <laughs> Well, he's what I like. What I think of when I think of stereotypical that kind of stuff, because I mean, he's always like talking about like, oh, I'll spear him, or and he'll just like <laughs> say that goats. in the middle of like yeah. of the like your work day, and I'm just like, oh gosh. But back to like where I'm Dude, from, we, we can go whatever, wherever the <laughs> heck we want, man. I mean, honestly, that's what I've had so much fun going on rabbit trails with people, and you and I have gone on a lot of rabbit trails, just even the few months we worked together. Well, speaking of work, I went to work today. I did. And uh, AHU is now. I was in the <laughs> AHU today. And so nobody in AHU really knows me that well because I'm never over there. This is the first time today that I've been over there since I think maybe a month after I trained with you. And oh, wow. uh, David is one of the techs that started with me. Yeah. Um, and he told me that he let them know a little bit about me before I showed up. So as I'm walking down the hallway, similar to what you did to me, thanks for nothing, <laughs> I hear my voice across the room echoing from my newsreel. KXT. Yeah, and so I'm like, what the heck's going on? And they're just like, oh, it's the anchor man. And I'm like, oh, God. All right, so explain this. Yeah, so two, I mean, I guess I went to school, UNT. Watch and, the mic, bro. Uh, okay. went to school at UNT. And uh, got my degree in RTBF, which RTV. is radio, radio, television, film. Okay. And pretty much focused in sports broadcasting, but then went on to do an internship at CBS 11. <clears throat> Coolest internship ever, really? by the way. Um, guy was like closer than me and you are, which we're about, I don't know, I'd say five, four feet apart right now. I was probably like a foot away from Jason Witten, Dirk Nowinski, Des Bryant. Did you Zeke. smell him? Yeah, after practice, and I took full advantage of that. <laughs> Did you, like, wipe the sweat and save it? Well, I tasted it, too. Uh, salty. Was it, salty? it just depends on which area was the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you do you, bro. You and then after I, <laughs> after I did those unnecessary things... So professionalism things, wasn't necessary in this career field, right? Correct. Okay, all right, that's um, pretty good. <laughs> and then, well, you literally were interviewing the guys, and they were in their towels. So... You know, I mean, it was what it was. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, 
Yes, Zeke is big. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but then I graduated, got a. Uh, Wait, real quick. The the you said RTVF mm-hmm. is that a bachelor's degree or what? It is of? a bachelor's degree. And so it's own degree. its own special RTVS. It's, RTVF. It goes is, under the liberal arts, and then it's media arts is like the broad spectrum, but it's in the RTVF category building. Oh, oh okay. and so like that's like the very special T of that, I guess. Hmm. Program. So what's what's the difference between that and like journalism? Journalism uh, depends on what you're doing because like if you're just doing paper, we did like television and radio where you're sitting there talking on the radio where you're sitting there in front of a camera your projects are me going out on the street and interviewing somebody but i have a camera in front of me whereas they would go with like a recorder in hand and they'd go and interview somebody as well but then as they're interviewing they write all paper like everything that they do is all script it's nothing it's maybe a picture like a photography picture but it's not like any videos, nothing like that, where that's why they say print is kind of dying because everybody wants to see something and view something. And so um, really the television industry is also on the decline as well, which people I don't think know (laughs) about the news news industry is like kind of on the decline as well. Because of what? um, Just, I mean, you think about the generation. I mean, how many people say, oh, I go home at five o'clock and watch my news at five o'clock, six o'clock, six thirty, you know, 10 o'clock at night. I for mean, me, it's typically a podcast. I'll, on the way home, I'll listen to a podcast I mean, and that's about it. And people get on, I mean, you know, Twitter really quick and they get their news immediately. They don't have to wait till five o'clock. They don't have to wait till six o'clock. Um, did you, growing up, did you uh, watch the five o'clock news and stuff with your parents? We did not actually watch a lot of news. I mean, it was like... Because we always did too. We were more of a religion of watching sports. Mm. And so it's like, anytime this game was going on, we watched it. And usually when the game ended, especially like Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, Mm -hmm. we'd watch the newscast following whatever whatever game was going on. So it wasn't like I followed like a particular station. It's more of like what followed the football game Mm. (laughs) for me personally. Um, But... Then I worked in the South Dakota, worst place ever to live. So if you're from there, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not really, because you probably moved away. <laughs> Why is South Dakota so bad? Um, when you walk outside and it hurts to breathe because it's so cold, like, I know you know this being in the medical field, but breathing is an essential part of life. <laughs> when it hurts to do that essential part of life and you have to breathe, what, 12? to 20 times a a minute and every breath hurts your whole day is awful <laughs> even inside even inside was it seriously that bad it was awful like especially when it got below i would say like when it got below 15 it was just like there's some people complain and say oh when it's 100 degrees i'm going to go inside this is so miserable outside when 15 degrees happens i just go inside and i will never ever go outside um <laughs> I did make a lot of yellow snow, which was <laughs> always fun. Um, right, so you're originally from here, right? As correct. So Plano, Plano and Duncanville. Plano right. and Duncanville. So how old were you when you moved up to South Dakota? Or, yeah, up to South yeah. Dakota. Um, 24, I want to say. 23, 24. How long was your internship at CBS? It was uh, one semester, but since I was looking for a job and my humble brag, they said I was like the hardest working intern that they've ever had. Because I would stay till like, I was off at eight, but I'd be there till one in the morning. 
just because like I'd be Jeez. working on personal stuff as well as you know working on their stuff as well. Um, I just wanted to learn. I was like grasping and like willing to learn, and so they kept me on for like an additional two months, and they had me train this new girl, and they were like, "Great, she's like pretty. That's why she got the internship." And she was just like clueless on mm. anything. She was like, "Well, when do I get in front of a camera?" Oh no. <laughs> Oh, no. One of those. Really? Oh, yeah. And I, like... That far gone. Oh, yeah. I was like, so, this is cool being in the editing bay, but, like, when do I get to take a picture? And I was like... Did she seriously think that she was going to come on and immediately start anchoring? Well, she just wanted to be... She didn't care about doing the -the behind-the-scenes stuff. She just wanted to be um, talent, and that's it. And nothing else. Hmm. I mean, she had talent in that area, <laughs> Just, but yeah. it was like talking to a door. Hmm. And interesting, I've gotten to that point where, you know, looks are nice; they earn everything. Oh yeah. But oh yeah, if there's a girl who's like actually like kind of pretty, and then yeah. they start talking, you're like, oh no, <laughs> you are the ugliest person in the world. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna it lie. It just takes their 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 attractiveness down. Oh, big time! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like there could be some somebody who's not um, super pretty on the outside, but when you get to know them, it's like, oh my gosh, you're beautiful. Yeah, my, my wife and I were talking about that um, a couple of days ago. You better watch what you say when you're talking about this kind of stuff. Why? <laughs> you were like, well, you know, they don't have to be super pretty, and then if their personality brings up my wife the other day, <laughs> <laughs> that is not the case. Not the case. I'm just saying, you gotta watch what you follow with, like, <laughs> what things you do. Okay, I'm clarifying. I got best of both worlds with my wife. Super, <laughs> super hot, my wife, and is hilarious. She's, like, one of the people who, like, you can, like, we can be fighting stuff, but because we're, we just kick it around, we just laugh. Like, I don't care. Like, it's just a blast. Um, but that's my point. Like, I, I just I, had to clarify. I was just I, trying to save fair. you from that's like, fair. I appreciate that. See, I'm learning about this this marriage life thing. Oh yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah, you just got married. Yeah, two two weeks. Two weeks no, ago. No big deal. <clears throat> kind of kind of a the veteran one I, now. The, the, one, the one that I got invited to but got canceled. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. You we forgot were, you invited me, didn't you? No, I know <laughs> I invited you. We were gonna go have it at a brewery. Oh yeah. Yeah, we were gonna just get trashed. Like pretty much. That's like it. Like we were just gonna get like turnt and then turnt. like. Have a great time. Hopefully, remember parts and bits of it, but just like just party, party. Yeah. It's just supposed to be a big party. Yeah. And uh, obviously, COVID mm. um, you ruined my life. October what fifteenth was the tenth. Tenth was the actual wedding day, mm-hmm. and that was that was you originally planned that, and then mm-hmm. okay, that's the that was the original plan. That's what we stuck with the whole time. So, what did you default to? Um, nobody come in except close friends or family. Well, what we defaulted to, we've had to plan three weddings or four weddings, excuse me. Four? Yes. So, so you got married four times to the same girl? Well, I like to say the same girl, but there's different moods each time. So it felt like four different girls. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, we got planned a second one in New Orleans. We're like, all right, sweet. We're going to go get a New Orleans. We don't want to, like, have everybody come because, you know, COVID and everything's still going on. So, we're just like, my mom, my dad, her mom, her dad, and her sister's ordained, so she's going to officiate it. That's it. No one else. And we're all going to New Orleans. Did you kiss through the masks? Well, if COVID didn't ruin it, Hurricane Delta came through and uh, bent me over. 
So uh, I forgot about that. So then we had to cancel that. And two days prior, we had to figure out what are we going to do? So we were thinking, oh, we should go to Vegas. Like, this will be fun. Like, just just me and you, no one else, just me and you. just got slimmer and slimmer. And just go, like, elope, like, out of the middle of nowhere. And so that didn't work out because we were trying to find something that wasn't super expensive. Mm -hmm. But then we also felt like kind of bad for our parents that they couldn't be there and, you know, stuff like that. Planning a wedding, man, is hard. Yeah. You got to think about people's feelings, which sucks because it's supposed to be about you. (laughs) It is. It's like, gosh, I hate Uh, that you care so much about me. I know. Gosh. Love sucks. (laughs) But I get that because, like, you you love your parents. You love her parents. And so you want them to be a part of that. Yeah. Because we were at that same point when we got married a few years ago. I mean, it kind of just turned out to be kind of a bigger wedding because we didn't want to leave anybody out. So I feel you. But then we ended up settling for, uh, and I say settling because it was not our dream wedding. It was not what we hoped for or dreamed for when we thought about, like, how are we going to get married? Mm-hmm. It was like plan D. Sorry, that was, you know what, that just fell. <laughs> we were talking about the D. We had to bring it up. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, we kind of were, but we we're also not about that life either, so just go easy. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up deciding to, speaking of D, um, <laughs> Denton is where we met in college. and we went to UNT, right? Yeah, that's where we, we uh, got our undergrad. And we decided, you know what, let's just take it back to where, where it all started. And went on a rooftop bar of a place that's like downtown, overlooked the courthouse and it was really pretty don't get me wrong but it's just like yeah wasn't what we thought it would be mm-hmm. so so are you gonna do something down the line yeah like so we i think sent an invite out to everybody i mean we we kind of updated people through facebook um shows how much you oh totally i have not <laughs> i feel terrible now because um, I, I, that kind of rings a bell because like molly talked about it but now i Sorry, but uh, <laughs> but we this guy decided, didn't invite me. Oh wait, he kind of did. I forgot. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> so the one year mark, which will be next year. Oh, is that how year works? Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty complicated math. Um, so October tenth of next year. Well, we're gonna have to change it around because October tenth is not a Saturday. So whatever Saturday is closest to October tenth, which I think is October 9th, actually. We're going to do the th- same thing that we were going to do at Revolver, but with like our everybody that we invited the first time. Lily's going to wear her wedding dress. Like mm. I'm going to wear like the stuff. We're still going to have the guys. It's going to look like a wedding for yeah. the wedding that we didn't get to have. I think is like the best way I can put it. It's going to be more for us. Yeah, um, well, that's really cool. It's like our dream wedding. We mm. want to do it, and then we're going to just like sit there and you know do everything that you would normally see at a wedding, and then just like drink and party and mm. like have a good time with everybody that we initially wanted to have. Is and it's a, it's almost going to be like a renewal of vows, but which I know sounds crazy after like one no, year, but it's just not, it just like the circumstances I think like set in for it. Yeah, COVID effed up everything. So yeah, I mean, honestly, is your uh, crazy neighbor coming? <laughs> My crazy neighbor? The one who just is party, like a big partier. Oh, 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 yeah. So I moved to this new neighborhood. It's like all bougie. And, uh, <laughs> dude, well, it's gated, first of all. Oh, and you have man. to talk to a security guard just to get in. I think man, it's a little rich. Ex- it's excessive. He's so rich. That's what happens when you marry a doctor. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome. Congrats to her, I'm by the way. doctor. <laughs> she just graduated, right? 
Yeah, I would say about like uh, four or five months ago. Is she practicing? Yeah. Full-time practicing PT in uh, Granbury, Texas. So she takes a total of about three minutes to get to work. <laughs> you all live in Granbury? <laughs> yeah, we live in Granbury. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so we live down there. and uh, So it's kind of on the way coming home. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, I just have to go through Godly. Yeah. So 171 or whatever? Yeah, it shouldn't be too bad. May hit a deer or two, but that's cool. Freaking Godly. <laughs> But so, uh, doctor yeah, so she's a doctor. Yeah, she's been practicing. She liking that? Yeah, she loves it. She loves <clears> the <throat> clinic. They treat her like really good. And then, you know, they just don't know like how long the owner's going to be there for. If she wants to eventually sell it or if she wants to stay, and they're trying to figure all that fun stuff out. And then Lily's interested in maybe you know opening up like that clinic and expanding it into mm. another one. But they, I mean, this is all like just like hearsay. Yeah. I mean, nothing's like set in stone yeah. or even like in the works but that that'd be pretty cool that'd be awesome yeah so she she initially hated your guts am i right like I phrase it that i mean we had y'all already hung out she kind of said that <laughs> she said yeah this guy was a jerk i didn't really like him are we what is language like on here are we good to whatever, flow okay whatever you want okay, to do, man. okay so pretty much she the first time we met i invited her over to a party that was at my apartment and it was a four bedroom four just, bath just don't embarrass yourself and it was freaking packed like i mean like balls to the wall because you're like, a, a like, huge party like a frat, uh, you're the frat boy am i right i mean like the frat boy without the frat i never joined a frat oh okay i don't i'm not associated with the frat i did <laughs> i did not do that i did not like being told what to do when to do and how to do it <laughs> so, i wanted so, to so rage how, as hard as possible so if you didn't like to be told what to do how was i your trainer like that would have that would have sucked for you i'm so sorry <laughs> I don't think you were like frats fraternizing me. I mean, like no, I'm talking about uh, JPS. Yeah, I'm saying like you didn't like haze me, or you didn't tell me like, <laughs> oh, get on the ground because you messed up your thing and do give me fifty, or you know, like I, I mean, like you killed somebody. Give me fifty push-ups. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But uh, it was it was a. I feel like I just forgot what I was saying. Frat boys, frat party. boys, parties. Yeah, so there, there was like 60, 70 people in this apartment, and like you know, it's four bedroom, four bath apartments aren't big, so Jeez. you're just like thinking like it's hot, it's yeah. sweaty, lots of guys, lots of girls, great time, lots of options, and I just uh -huh. spot her from across the way, and I'm like, she is fine. <laughs> so what'd you do? And uh, so I was like trying to talk to her, but she really was just. Focused on giving everybody hugs. So that's what she does when she gets really turned. She just goes over and she's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I want to give you a hug. I want to give you a hug. And goes to the next person. Like, doesn't talk to him. Doesn't give him yeah. the light of day. But hug, move on. Mm -hmm. Hug, move on. Hug, move on. And so she didn't even give me a hug that night. <laughs> I was like, dang, man, I'm really out of this. So then the next party, she came through. And I was like, oh, she is so pretty. Like, I was like, gosh. Mm -hmm. Like, she caught my eye again. And so I was like, I got to go talk to her. So... I always use like my famous like go to. Um, hey, I need a partner for beer pong. Like I'm up next, and <laughs> you know it usually works. And she was like, "Oh, I'm with my cousin, so I don't want to leave her." And I was like, right? Like, <laughs> but then they go, "Oh, well, you look like one of our, you know, cousins or something like that, or one of our friends that we knew." And they're like, "Take a picture with me." And so, um, Lily took a picture with me by her side, and I was like, "Oh, send me the picture." And I was like, get the number. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is up? <laughs> so then I'm just like texting her, hanging out. Um, 
you know, hitting her up, like, are you in class? Are you not in class? Like, almost, like, on the verge of, like, uncomfortably stalking. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll verify this story. She'll be like, he knew my class schedule. He knew when I was home. He knew what class I was at, like, where I was at. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, don't go too much detail. And That's uh, funny. pretty much I was just trying to spend time with her mm. and work work up to it. And so eventually I got, like, the balls to ask her out when I was super intoxicated. <laughs> hey, Ellie. And it wasn't even like I asked her. It was like I texted her after she had left the party. Like, that's how pathetic I was at that. Because I was just like, I was just you like such a me. Um, And like, I'm not shy. Like, I will talk to anybody, no. anything. I will ask anyone out any day of the week. Like, I don't know. She just made me super nervous. Like, so I was like, <laughs> I can't go talk to this girl. Like, I, I'm so nervous to talk to her. And like take her out, and um, sure she, enough, she shot you down hardcore. She, uh, right? She's like, "Well, you can take me out to lunch," and so she took the free lunch, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Smart girl. And uh, we didn't really talk of it that first time. We just kind of like sat there at lunch, just kind of oh, eating, awkward. and like we didn't really bring it up. And I was just like, "All right." And then I paid, and you know, we we went on our merry way. We didn't ever bring it up. So then. Did y'all like actually talk during the the date though? We talked and I mean, it was fun. It was just like we didn't bring up the fact that I asked her out. Uh, Yeah, so that was. Talking about that now, what did she say about that? that I mean, she was just like, that was so weird. Like, (laughs) she was like, it was like one of the most awkward things that I've ever had to be through. And I was like, yeah. That's funny. So then she still wants to party at my house because she's not 21 yet. And I'm 21. So I'm able to host all the parties, provide alcohol at all the parties, and uh, but I would never buy alcohol she's for a minor. You, never, yeah, she's ever. Using you. I would. Ne- I never provide alcohol for a minor. I'll cut that out. Actually, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And uh, she's like, "All right, like let's let's uh, go party again." And so she, I was just inviting him out, and so eventually I was, I gained the confidence to actually ask her out, and I was like. I want to date you. I want to go out with you. And she's like, so, mm. you have a small chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did. No. Okay. I was trying to bring it all back around at the beginning. <laughs> Not going to so, lie. I wasn't expecting that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, I just don't really see where you're going in life. Every time that you are around me, you're just super intoxicated and um, you skip class sometimes and, you know, you're more worried about what She was on the pre-med route, so she was... Yeah, she's like, you're more worried about, like, what girl you're going to be with that night. Can you blame me? (laughs) And, um... I mean, you're kind of (laughs) ugly. We talked about this. A good personality makes you more attractive. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact that you know you have a good personality is not attractive. (laughs) Or... They just had beer goggles on, and then I was made more go. attractive. There you go. That I'll take that. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's continue. And then uh, we just, uh, I was like, wow. Like, you know, it felt like kind of like a shot to the gut, mm-hmm. like a real low blow. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it kind of made me, like, self-evaluate. And I was like, man, I really am on this, like, track to nowhere. Like, just, mm-hmm. like, partying. And Were you still on the uh, the journalism track or the TV radio? Track at that yeah, I was still, I was still doing it. I was still passing my classes. I mean, I, I still had, I would say like a three, five, three, six GPA. I mean, I was going out 
five times a week and mm-hmm. I was staying out till like two in the morning and then some days I would make the 8 a.m. class other days I wouldn't mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I mean I'm still making a pretty good GPA I mean yeah. I feel like I was like you know first of all I'm to so multi- smart multitask like that is God. genius <laughs> think of what I would have done if I myself. didn't if I didn't do that like <laughs> you'd be a doctor right now <laughs> like your wife why can't you be more like your wife Gosh. so um I changed a lot of things at the end of that year. And I still continued to hang out with her over the summer. Like I took her out for her birthday. Um, I went to her sister's wedding. This is before we were dating. What? Yeah. So having you test the waters a little bit. Yeah. Huh? So I get, so the, I started, started getting more and more in with the fam and they started like, you know, seeing me around and that's fine. I feel like that was my, you know, that's her, weird. Too. I know, I know it is weird, but I just like, I really enjoyed her family. They were big partiers. Like <laughs> now I feel like I could connect with them. Uh, you like alcohol? Yeah. I like alcohol. <laughs> family. <laughs> and then we just got along. Like, I mean, we just clicked. Um, so speed up. So you, she shot you down originally. Yeah. So when you finally asked around, she said, yes. How did that work? So, well, she gave me like stipulations of what I had to do. For me, really? in order, yeah. So she was I like, you know, yeah. So I was like, well, what do I have to do to get a shot with you? You know, and, <laughs> and she's like, well, you got to start going to class, like make it look like you're like ambitious, you know, um, wanting to go to school, like less partying. I would say. Does and, she have and, a list and, for and you like, right now? And like, no, nah, no, no. I run the household. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lily, you're on the podcast next. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the Keenan Peel skit where they're like sitting there looking around with their wives around them. Yeah, like, and I was like, bitch. And I'm like, I'm like what'd you say? <laughs> oh, nothing, honey. Um, I'm gonna clean the floors. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. So, that's and then like video. just you know just focusing less on the girls and more on her. Mm. Um, man, she's smart. Yeah. So then I like went to it like. About four, five months, like, got down to, like, business with that. And she eventually, like, caved. That's the best way I can say it. <laughs> I just wore her down with persistence. And I uh, asked her to go on a date with me. Like, an actual date. I was sober when I asked her. Look at you. And we went to a fine dining restaurant. Which what? It was, like, 40, 50 bucks a plate. And I was like, oh my, what am I doing? I you know, know, I was like, I was like, I was going all out. I, was I did that with, uh, like, with Molly. We did that to the, the, uh, what's like that big restaurant in the, the Dallas Reunion Tower or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like hundred bucks for half a piece of chicken. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and like when you stand up, like the bathroom's gone because you're slowly rotating on the outer side. <laughs> so when you get up to like go anywhere, there's a completely different scene in front of you. Like, what the, am I going crazy? <laughs> so we got one entree <laughs> for a hundred and 110 bucks. Yeah. And then tip. <laughs> I feel you on that. I felt like I was like, man, I'm going all in. So then after we got done, you know, we were getting to the end of dinner and I was like, look, like I really want you to be my girlfriend. And she's like, yeah, I'll give you a shot. And, uh, a little embarrassing moment later that night, we started talking, you know, a little bit more in depth about our lives and her life and my life. And it got like real emotional and I started tearing up and I was like, gosh, what the heck? And I look back and I'm like, why did I get that? Like, just spill huh. out all the beans like right away. And she's like, she's like, yeah, that weird. You start crying like <laughs> right the I'm first just day. I'm just real sensitive. But speaking of list, this oh, is, no. I'm, I hope this embarrasses her. She goes, I just want you to know that I don't cuddle. I don't hold hands. I don't like to touch people. I don't like public display of affection. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I get that you're giving me a shot, but like, are you? <laughs> you can't talk to me. No kissing. Well, we get to talk only on my terms. And I was like, well, this sucks. And then like, you get into it, and like the first night that we drink, and she's like holding my hand, and she's mm. like cuddling up next to me, and I was like, so much for that. <laughs> and I was like, in your face. <laughs> Okay, okay, so y'all y'all are dating, you finally popped the question, which I think I actually almost blew, right? You came over, you and Lily came over, and my, one of my friends... Oh, yeah, he said that? something, but I don't think it was anything, like, even subtly close. Her dad okay. ruined the surprise. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Because he said something like, oh, y'all are engaged, and... Y'all weren't engaged at that point. Yeah, which is which is fine. I mean, that's people used to think that all the time when we were dating. They're like, y'all been dating for how long? And you haven't popped the question? You better hurry up. She's going to be getting away from you. And I was like, I know. <laughs> Man. Okay, so um, she's doing all her clinicals. And when I met you at JPS, uh, I started training you. Super cool guy. Figured out you were an anchor, right? At some spot in South yeah. Dakota. Fuck you. <laughs> Because one day, I don't know how that came up, but uh, you were asking me, like, what did you do before this? And I just, like, kind of, like, told you, like, thinking, like, you know, no big deal. And you're like, oh, okay. And then I don't know how if I showed you the videos or if you found the videos I on your own. Them. And you were like, dude. And, like, the next day you came to work and you're like, what the oh, heck? Yeah, and I'm, I'm ass texting everybody. And then I walk around to every nursing station around the entire ED that day. And all I can hear is my voice being projected. And they're like, eh. Dude, dude, I was showing showing patience. Like, as I'm showing you how to do an IV, I was like, dude, this guy was an anchor. You want to see a video? So, like, they're like, sometimes they're super sick and they're laughing with me. I'm like, how'd you get into this gig? Well, that's kind of what's kind of funny is, like, I do question, like, why did you get into EMS and being an EMT? Because the pay is crap, whether you're an EMT or a paramedic. So, you kind of think that, you know, being a radio station host pays a lot of money. But you said no. No, no. Radio is like, very low or pay. tv news and tv news your first jobs it's like a it's like a basketball player like the six foot basketball player has a lot of potential but if you don't ever reach that potential you don't get the money if that makes sense so you can be a six foot basketball player and suck and get paid crap your whole life well i mean i'm six three and i play basketball and so, i don't get paid anything exactly so <laughs> so you know it was a terrible analogy i feel like that was a great that one. was a terrible one I'm going to take credit for it. How did you succeed at all in this business? And so... Or did you succeed? I guess not because you left. Yeah, I quit after the job one. And so uh, pretty much you got paid like between... I uh, I had three job offers. They ranged between 19000 Oh my goodness. To 28000 So 28000 was the top. Was like the top. And you mean you get like little bonuses like you get a hair and makeup bonus and like clothing bonuses and then you know a variety of different things which you know speaking of videos i'm surprised you haven't found my uh doing makeup video of how to do makeup so oh um, yeah we look up that yeah later. that'll be <laughs> and anybody who's watching this brent wise look it up his last name is wise w-i-s-e so there's one of those but but you get like little money on top of that and then plus you work so much overtime that you end up making just a stupid amount, like five to eight thousand dollars more every year. I made five to eight thousand dollars more. But you can, you can still do that EMS, right? With, Correct. With less, because uh, the twelve and a half hour shifts roughly in EMS, typically twelve. Twelve to, I guess, depends on where you are. But so you have three days taken up for 
or your regular shifts typically, and then you can work the other four you work nights, and so you can still make up that same amount. Am I right? Yeah. During EMS. So pretty much, <clears throat> I just hated everything about the job. Hmm. Sorry, I had to burp. Um, I hated from. So, wait, um, so, so, being, you, so you you start cussing, you start talking about penis, but you are saying sorry for a burp. Yeah. And I hmm. apologize for things that I feel bad about. <laughs> <laughs> our, so, uh, our last podcast, we talked a little about subjective morality. It's kind of, kind of along the same lines. <laughs> well, I hope we don't talk about any of that. <laughs> uh, it just randomly came up and started talking about it. But anyways, continue. And then, uh, like, occasionally you'd be on call. So no matter what you did, you'd be at work for 12 hours that day. And you go home and you're thinking like, man, I want to go to bed. And three hours later, right when you get into bed, you get a phone call saying, hey, we have a fire. You need to go out and do it. Not like sexually, but like go record the fire, you know? <laughs> so no. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, then you would just be doing that all night. Like all the whole next week, you'd be on call. So it's like crap hours. You never, you mm. never commit to anything. If I wanted to do like recreational sports, I would occasionally be able to do it. Occasionally wouldn't be able to do it because of, you know, my life being ruined by this news business. And then I was thinking, you know, further down the line, if you think about like Adam Schefter, um, he's like the big football guy on ESPN. He's always yeah. on his phone. He's <clears throat> uh, like, he's constantly doing work when he's off of work and he's not getting paid, you know, and he's just, now he's salaried instead of hourly because if he was hourly, he wouldn't get paid. Like, like they wouldn't pay him hourly. It's just it would be ridiculous because of how many yeah. hours. So like you get paid salary. So how long does it take to get to like the good money? Oh, you have to be in the business for usually six to eight years, and then you start making like good money. So usually, so your what's, first job, what's good money? I mean, I would say like your first job is like, like I said, the 20, I would say the average is like 25,000 and then you go to like 33 and then you go to like 40 and then you're like, after this is like 33 is four years into it and then six years into it, you're making 46, 47 and then like 10 years into it, you're making about a little over between 50 and 60 and then by the time you're like, 18 years into it, you're making six figures because you're usually at a top 10 market. That's crazy. It takes almost 20 years to get to that point. Yeah. And you're just constantly working. Like, so when you're off work and you're with your family and you want to spend time with your family, you still have to have your obligation to go onto Twitter and tweet Mm -hmm. out the breaking news that's going on because that's your job and you are supposed to be giving the news at all times, at all hours, all days. And I was like, that is not how I want to live my life. So then why'd you get into the sports? Well, I wanted to do sports and I did, I guess I just didn't realize like how much time it was going to take away from my personal life. Mm. And I was like, you know, I want to raise a family. I want to be like there for them and I want to be around them. And I don't want to be in the middle of my son's or daughter's soccer game or baseball game or, you know, just anything that they're doing and be like, oh, crap, there's breaking news. And then be like, oh, did you just miss them doing da 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 da? Like that would suck. Oh, yeah. You know, big time. You know, first steps, first words, like this, like those are Always second, on your phone. second to your job. And like, I was like, no. And so then, all, the, all the people that we see on the news today, that's the lifestyle they're living. Yeah. I mean, most, most of them, if not all of them, yeah, that's what they're doing all yeah. the time. And they're invested so deeply into it, which I think is a big respect for it. But at the same time, you know, 
there's a whole other side of the controversial of how I feel about news and well, let's get what's, into what's news and what's not news. Get into it. I think that um, people look at local news and they're like, this is Fox 4 relating it here in town. And they think Fox is associated with Fox News. And Fox News Network is a obviously a right-winged news network mm-hmm. that is not associated with Fox 4, which is a local channel focused on local stories. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you look at CNN, who's <clears throat> very left-wing, and they're also, I mean, those two, I don't feel are great news networks because <laughs> they don't give you news. I was looking at a post today and it says, what if we got all these fact checkers and get them online and then have them make a show and we call it the news? Because if they just want to fact check, which is so what the news, on, what the news, what the news should be doing, on Facebook, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. you know what the news should be doing. So is the fact checkers on Facebook. You're saying get those fact checkers on Facebook actually onto the news. And like if they, if those, <laughs> if that's the actual facts, then put that out there because I don't, I don't want subjective <laughs> news. I think that's the problem with the news and today. Dive into that because you and I had some pretty cool conversations about yeah. that in, uh, in the past. So I mean, just the way you phrase things, like um, for example, I know that. And I'm not going to say which political way I sway, mm. but just for example, a news story that I've seen in the past, it's just like Donald Trump says, duh, 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 duh. and it's like, well, he'll be like, Donald Tr- Trump does not like, you know, this person and is like a racist person. Mm. And like, you hear that all the time. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, it's your, I mean, to be honest, him with the the immigration laws and everything that he has in place there's immigration laws I feel like that are in place for a reason. And if he enforces those immigration laws, then he's considered a racist guy. But I feel like the the fact in that is that he's Donald Trump is enforcing immigration laws. It's when you say and Donald Trump is a racist. That's technically an opinion. Mm. And you're you're trying to really zoom out and look at want, how it's conveyed. I want, and I want me to be the viewer and decide if that's racist or not. Instead of them Instead choosing of, for you correct. and then giving it okay. And shoving like what they want. Or same thing with with um Biden, you know, when they say, you know, his son is a terrible, you know, person mm-hmm. and doing this and that. Well tell me what he did. I don't want to know that he's a terrible person. Like, tell me what he did and I'll make mm-hmm. a decision if he's a terrible person or not. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the problem with the news this days is that they want the news is all about getting viewers. That is their goal. That's why the big saying it bleeds, it leads is always been the thing about news because a fluffy little bear a kid that's, you know, I hate to be like negative about it, but I worked in the business long enough where it doesn't bother me too much, but a kid dying from cancer, you know, that's getting his make a wish is not going to get as many viewers as this fire or car wreck that's, you know, killed two people. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry about it, but <laughs> this, is yeah. the, this is truly the matter. But and I don't know if you've noticed, but working at, um, like, JPS, probably 5% of what actually happens in the area makes the news. Some of the things that don't make the news would, like, send people into a depressive spiral. <laughs> You know, just, I mean, just yeah. from the, you've, how long have you been there now? Almost a year? A year and a half. A year and a half? Yeah, dude. It's like. Oh, <laughs> dang. Yeah. So I, I was there for almost six and I, you think you know what's going on in your area until you start working at the trauma center or you're a cop yeah. or you're running the, you know, at least in our area and all the mid city, the med star. Um, 
And it's crazy, like, things that don't get reported. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you some of the most juiciest things that I was like, how is this not, how do people not know about this? <sighs> crazy. But yeah. I'm sorry, continue on what you're saying. Like, so subjectivity, how yeah. the news just doesn't, what you're saying from being someone in the business yeah. is is I making the want- decisions for people. In reality, it should be a objective uh, fact or something that happened and then they can choose what they want. So when did that kind of, uh, in your opinion, start going towards that side of being news or not news? When did it start kind of swaying from um, objectivity to full-on bias? Or has it always been that way? You know, I don't know. I feel like it's been like that for a little bit. I mean, you always hear of yellow journalism is stuff that's not necessarily true. Um, they, that they lie about things. I'm not saying that these are all lies by any means, like the the opinions that people put in, but an opinion is not a fact. And I don't know when it started. It's been around forever, but it's it's just like, I feel like it's more accepted now that you can put your opinion in a paper and mm-hmm. go and publish it and it's okay. Because there used to be just opinion pieces, like an opinion yeah. writer, yeah. Or an opinion journalist. Yeah. Or is, is that a thing? Yeah, it is. And, and yeah, well, there, I feel like there was. Writer. But I mean, yeah, he would like write something that's controversial and like mix up some stuff. But it was but, kind of in the opinion sector. Yeah. And that was it. But the goal is now to get all those viewers. And guess what? You're getting more comments and more views on your article if you have a little bit of twist in that and you're causing a little controversy in your in your article that you're posting online. or Because that's really where you're seeing it now is more Facebook. So you mm. write your title, like you can say the story how it is, but people just look at that title line mm. and look at what that says. And if you can spark somebody with that first title, then you're going to have comments. They haven't even read the article. They're just mo- gonna, yeah. Most people won't even read the article, no. right? No. There's a statistic that shows it. They'll, they'll go maybe a paragraph in. And it could be a 10 paragraph article, but they'll only read a few sentences. Yeah. Did you see that picture? It wasn't Prince Harry. Who's was the, was the other prince? Not Prince Harry, but. Oh, you, I only know the redhead one. Okay, that's Prince Harry. Yeah, I think. yeah that's <laughs> more like, like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the normal guy, the normal prince with his uh, princess. I don't know. There was a there was a picture of him in the motorcade, and the queen was walking up the steps. And from the side, it, it was like from his side point. So he was like facing the queen, and the camera was to the side, to his right, and it was looking at him, and it looked like he was flipping off the queen. Because it, it, it was just one finger pointing up, but then it showed the actual angle of it, like face on, and it was doing three, and he was holding up three fingers, yeah. and that kind of shows that same thing. It's all about what angle are you looking at this article with? No doubt, exact same way. I mean, there was a particular story that I can think of that I covered, um, and it was controversial. It was about, um, you know, it was after a school shooting happened, and there's people doing a march around the town about protesting in South gun, Dakota. Yes, in South Dakota protesting gun gun laws and like that they needed to be stricter and that they needed to be more enforced. And South is, Dakota uh it's a very red state. Okay. Yeah, so um so but that was what they were they were uh what do you call it? they were I'm, I want to say rioting. Um they were they were just marching the the streets and the cops were escorting them around the streets and it was very peaceful. You know, they were just holding up their signs like we want more strict gun laws. Um, we want more of this and more of that. You know, we want less school shootings. We want, you know, all these different things that they were asking for. Facts. Those are all facts. You know, um, when you go over to the other side across the street, there was guys with guns on their hips 
open carry, who had open carry identification cards, and they were there protesting. So my story talked about that, how they, you know, there was a little bit of tension on the streets over gun laws, because that's what it was. It was tension on the streets over gun laws, because they were mad, the gun people were mad that they were there, and those other people that were protesting against guns were mad that they were there. Now, that could have been an opinion, Mm -hmm. me saying that there was tension. But when you listen to the article, you can kind of get that. But I do agree. I maybe should have been more subjective, even in that case. Mm. Interesting. But, you know, it's 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 just like I didn't say, you know, people are out here, you know, rioting the streets while protesting for this because they weren't rioting. They weren't doing that. You know, people weren't doing this or that. They were, you know, I just kind of stuck to what it was. And, and I let the people tell the story. So when I go and interview people, if I am not sure how to phrase what's going on, I'll just let them say it. Mm-hmm. while I interview them. And so I'll just say, you know, this was going on today and I'll cut into, you know, this was going on. This is our, yeah. this is our protest. And then the very next quote was, you know, across the street onlookers with guns on their side were in rebuttal of what they were doing. Cause that's what they were. They were against. Did your, net, the, did your network allow them, yeah. allow you to, to oh, yeah. talk about that? Okay. Oh yeah. So then I put them on, but that's the thing about local news is you're able to put both sides of your story with CNN and with Fox. They will give you one side mm. and one side only. I don't care what they say. They will push their side. And as soon as you start arguing, they'll start yelling. So Both sides do it. <laughs> so, so you're you're really in favor for local news. Oh, I'm very in favor okay. of local news, but I do think that there's still a subjectivity to some channels, mm. especially in like Dallas and in like <laughs> in like the bigger cities like Houston, Dallas, Chicago. <laughs> um, I think that those bigger cities do have a sway one way, and you'll see it too. Like, I mean, the station that I worked at, the station manager had political views of something and he wanted that that way and we got a new station manager and he was on the other spectrum Interesting. Of, and we had to approve our stories for those guys before they went on air so he was like an editor and, and yeah they were like the chief you know mm-hmm. guy in charge and so they would make sure like whatever went on air lean towards their perspective essentially yes huh. but not all the way I yeah. mean, you know there's be some stories you just there's nothing political about it yeah, but how, so your your perspective on this is not normal for journalism. How did you get to this perspective that you are now? And did you think that going into it, you would be like this? I did not. Well, I didn't want to be in news, first of all. I never wanted to be in news. I wanted to be in sports. sports. But even that's like not even it, – it's extremely political now, and that's why – And that's like what kind of – I don't want to say bothers me, but like I think that a lot of people, if you – go to something like people do meditation, people read, people go running. I watch sports to get away from life. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like the best example I can give. Like I, I, that was my meditation. Sports yeah. was my way of getting away from what was going on in the world and just focus on something that was appeasing to me and entertaining and fun. Mm-hmm. And for them to, you know, bring in different political stuff or even bring in, you don't even have to call it political, but 
police stuff, which is going on in the world, which is what I'm trying to escape from, mm. to bring that to the forefront of their thing. I'm I'm trying to get away from it. Yeah. Know, I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to Watch just some look good something. football yeah, and without so, them having to worry about so, politics. And so when they bring in, you know, anything that's outside of sports, I'm just like, why? And it's it's not even necessarily that you don't agree or do agree with it. Yeah, disagree it's or just, agree. It doesn't I mean, matter. Yeah. It's just the fact that this was your escape. This was your haven. Yeah. It's almost like you don't have to get something else yeah. to become I mean, a haven. I've, I've been running more yeah. and just listening to music because it's like sports is not what it used to be for me. Do you think that people coming into this field have that um, uh, dream approach like that lady you taught? I mean, I think that's what everybody yeah. has. I mean, they want to be the next you know, the next big person that's yeah. right there on the middle of the screen, making all the money, yeah. being on the sideline, interviewing the players. What's like that silver-haired guy on CNN? The guy who's like, oh, uh, I don't, you know what I'm saying? He's yeah, like everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like a, I, I don't know off the top of my head what his name is. I mean, I don't know what any, like I said, yeah. I don't watch those networks enough to know any of like the, the yeah. main people, but I know who you're talking. Anderson Cooper. Cooper. Yes. So, Strong work. Um, so, I had to dig deep for that one. <laughs> so again, the question remains. How did you get to this perspective? Was it what, – before you told me that, um, you know, whenever you would be trying to share a story, trying to make an objective um, story, that, just objectivity, uh, it almost get filtered out. A lot of it would get filtered out and it would, it would be almost like a script. Like you can't say what you want to say based on the story. It, it, they would give you a script and it would be right or left. And that's not news, right? So Yeah, I mean, and some stories would. Not every story would. Um, I mean, I think that there's a lot of stuff that goes on that there was stories that I did over the, the beef industry, which is like the leading industry in South Dakota. And like I talked about when it was hurting and when it was not hurting. And do you like little, little quips? Why, you why, 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 it, why it was you know, hurting? You know, talking about the quips you would do? Little cheesy. Super like, cheesy. It was great. Freezing for a reason. <laughs> These guys but, are freezing for a reason. But see, like that was like something fun. They were doing a fundraiser. There's nothing political about them <laughs> raising money for a fundraiser, you know. Yeah. Um, so th there was like a lot of good stories that I got to do, and it was like it taught me a lot about listening. I think that's a problem that a lot of people have these days. Mm. Is like in the middle of the interview, and I think the more you do this, and the more you podcast people, um, you're going to hear things that you're like, "Whoa, I want to know more about that." Mm. And you're going to dig into that. Yeah. And there would be things like, especially politicians, man, those guys are freaking gold when it comes to stuff. Well, I, I had a, I don't know if you saw, I had a, the mayor of Keene on, which Keene is just right next, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was my landlord forever ago. And he came and was yeah, let's do it. He's running for re-election. Re There's mm -hmm. a down-to-earth guy. And it was a blast, you know? Yeah. He's got a lot of interesting things to say. So those guys are, you, you really got to listen to what they say because they'll have all these good ideas and you're like, how are you going to do it? Yeah. And they're like, well, this is like the goal. And it's like, well, what if the voters don't want to do that? Mm. Like, then what? And they're like, well, you know, you got to convince them. It's like, well, what if you can't? How are you planning to convince them? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's really funny to like hear their point of views because they, I mean, they do have like realistic goals and realistic point of views, mm. but it's like, if this person doesn't go along with it and this person doesn't go along and with it, none of it's going to happen. It's so yeah. like, what's your, what's your backup plan? Like, then what? Mm. Then what? And uh, my favorite tactic to do, um, you'll have to try this on somebody one time, but uh, my favorite tactic, if I wanted to hear more of an answer, I'd just sit there and stare at them. <laughs> like they'd be done answering the question 
and we'd just be sitting there in silence for a few minutes, and they'd be like, yeah. And uh, I guess, like, and then I'd be like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, but you you were actually on TV, though, weren't you? Well, I mean, not when you're interviewing and getting a story, like, you're going out to jobs, and you're like, 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 you know. But there's a camera behind them, right? Yeah, but it's not live. Yeah, not, not all the time. So you're going back and you're <laughs> editing the footage, but you're sitting there, like, interviewing them, and you're just like, you know, what's going on today? And then they tell you, and then you, like, go into detail, like, kind of like what I said, yeah. you know, like, how do you plan on getting those voters to vote for you mm. if, you know, you can't convince them of this? And then I like, sit there, well, I'm going to try to really convince them to do, like, you know, to go along with what I'm doing. <laughs> and then they, they feel like they need to say something else because they're politicians and they just have to keep talking and keep uh, talking. Those are the easiest ones to get, but, like, you get, like, <laughs> you, get to, you get to, like, the fire, the 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 PIO. Um, What's that? It's a public information officer. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, of like the fire department, mm -hmm. and if you try to do that, you know, like how many people you know were inside, and he's just like, "This is what we got." Like, and he'd give you a big spiel at the beginning, and then you'd ask him questions, and that's it. And he'd give you an answer, and he's like, "Next," mm -hmm. and you'd be like, sitting there waiting. He's like, "Oh, y'all don't have got any more questions? I'm done." And it was like, it was like to the point, quick. Got the facts done. Mm -hmm. Like it was not but, like any stretched out yeah. answer. But it was again, like your perspective seems like a healthy perspective. You like truly want to see the truth. And that's not the case for a lot of, of journalists and news organizations. So like they've it seems like a lot of these organizations um, again, just we'll group them as a lot, the entire industry, um has gone to this bubble. Like they're so out of touch for with reality. How do you think they get to that point when you you were like at a breaking point and you're like I'm done I'm out I'm gonna go try and save lives which uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I don't know I mean I just reached to the point where I was trying to tell a story and they were just like well that doesn't that doesn't seem like a big deal and I'm like but it is a big deal you know I can't like for I'll, what example for um, what? I'm trying to think of like I know that there was an example of one um, but I'm. I'm blanking on it right now. So like your um, your bosses were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't like the editor and like they were just like, well, that's not really like super interesting. Like, oh, for example, like there was a freaking hospital board um, in in that town, and this guy left, like the president of the board left out of like nowhere, and I was like, well, was he forced out? Was he kicked out? And they were like, they wanted to know that, but then I found out that he got a new job, like at a, this private company, and hmm. I was like, I think we like we talked about him like why like why he resigned which there was no reason it was just like he kind of left and i was like he just got this new company like what is this new company why did he go here why Maybe did he leave kickbacks and, like, that were and i was illegal. like i was like is there any logistics and like going in? like we should like investigate this and they're just like yeah i just feel like it's not that not not super pertinent what they like, what they send you to then oh something stupid i mean it, freezing it was, for a reason yeah probably <laughs> i mean like they had they had these like four or five like required stories that you would do huh. especially when you're a new journalist and you're coming straight out of school they give you these like super easy stories the grunt like, work type stuff yeah like you know like hey there's a fundraiser over here go get an interview and go get video and oh then after that um it's valentine's day coming up so just find somebody on the street and talk about what they're doing for valentine's day hmm. that's not news come on that's what's going on in the neighborhood sure that's not news Hmm. Nobody cares about that kind of crap. So what was your breaking point? What was your final, like, I'm done? I was trying to do a lot of stuff with veterans and um, lack thereof treatment of veterans. Hmm. Um, that was, like, a big push on me. Um, that was, like, a big 
thing that I just feel like I noticed. And there was a contact that I had that had like all these veterans that like I had different contacts with like different veteran organizations and like the VA hated me, hated everything about me. Why? And because I would go in and hammer them with questions. I was like, you know, like uh, there's like there's these bad veterans, press. you know, and like I was like, you know, why are y'all like doing something for them? And they're like, you know, and like they would just give me this like one off answer. But then, you know, I go talk to these veterans and I'd be like, you know, but there was other times where, you know, I, I flipped it back on them. On the veterans, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm anti-veteran, or you know, I'm definitely pro-veteran. I think that um, love love them to, to death. But it's like when you have veterans that are on the streets, and you're like, well, why aren't they getting help? And you look, and they're drinking all their money away, and they're doing drugs. On the, I mean, how much sympathy can you have? You, it, it goes to a point. Yeah. It's like they made a choice to do this, so they're gonna. This is what they ended up with. Whereas. If I'm working a full-time job, I've spent 20 years in the service. I'm getting my pension because I was a lieutenant colonel, you know, of whatever. And now I'm working my second job and I'm and I just got hurt on my job and I'm just trying to go to the VA to get assistance and I can't because they pushed me to the back of the line. I've been here for so long. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I'm not getting any help. I have, I've had an MRI that's been rescheduled twice. I mean, that's where I'm like, okay, those people are the ones I'm focusing on. Mm. So and that's been that was hard for me. I still struggle with taking care of like the homeless population. I no. was all I was all about you know, uh, I was all about helping people. Right? I still want to help people. I mean, I'm right there right okay. now. But I mean, okay. I think that there's a point. I agree with you. Of, there's a balance uh, for charity and someone yes. taking advantage of you. Exactly, and, and that was my issue because I can't tell you how many patients I've taken care of where, I, I, for instance, this one patient. He or is he or she? I don't remember who it was. It, it was a, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a patient. Um, they left, and one of a contact I knew was going by the ATM, and and the patient, the homeless person, regular, um, <laughs> checked out of the ATM and left the receipt. And like, look at this dude's receipt. He, the, the guy came up to me. So this this patient, the one we already do have, showed me the receipt was left in his ATM account at forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and that happens all the time. And and it's it's like these these homeless people, again, not everyone, but most of the ones I've taken care of, totally take advantage of the system, oh, and because yeah. there's so much of it, and they know that people they can rely on people's charity, and so and then they treat us like crap when we're trying to take oh, care of them. You know, that's where I lose my yeah. like, patience with them patience yeah but that's by it like so so i get what you're saying the veterans who are, are drinking their life away who may or they may they may have lost everything because of ptsd mm-hmm. they may have lost it all mm-hmm. because of what they've seen in war and that's different like that is different i do want to hear you know, stories like that where i can actually give the correct care to these patients but but i mean there's the big but i mean yeah. and i do think that there's a problem with mental health and the mental mm-hmm. health care system i mean i don't think that there's enough funding for that right now and as much as we need it's think, nice that the stigma think, is, fi- is finally starting to go away because that stigma of mental health was massive you well, couldn't talk about it at all but i also think that a lot of people now especially kids oh gosh they blame mental health on everything and they use it as like a crutch they're like oh well you know it's, I'm, I'm, dep- <clears throat> I'm depressed and it's like because you're why well my boyfriend broke up okay you're 12 years old mm. You know, I'm I'm not saying that they're not dealing with like mental health issues, but I feel like 
it's almost like a crutch sometimes. It's mm-hmm. like they blame it. Like ADHD was for kids back in the day. They're like, well, my kid can't focus. Well, they, they probably have ADHD. Or maybe it's just like they just need a different way of learning. Like they just mm-hmm. need to be more yeah, interactive. That's like, the it's, big one. And so like, I mean, like I think that it's a crutch. And so how do you, how do we, like as, as even you as a care provider right now, how do you kind of distinguish between who's using that as a crutch and who's trying to take advantage of you? And I'm not a professional in that aspect. So I don't, I don't so know, but I feel like, I feel like I just treat them all the same way. But, but in my so mind, hard. in my so mind, hard. I mean, I'm thinking, gosh, this is not. So a person got brought in by, by ambulance, ambulance because they were broken up by their significant other. Okay. That's so, it? That's it. That's the whole thing. Well, that happens all the time, though. People come in with ambulance all the time. Like, dude, I would, I would be like, on the ambulance. Is that ridiculous? Oh, it's, it's stupid. I mean, like, it's a waste of our money. Oh, dude. And, like, you, and, and just think it that they're going to pay for it. Oh, yeah. It's like, no, we're, it's the taxpayers, <laughs> typically the taxpayers pay for that. And that's where I get most frustrated because then they're like, well, how do you have sympathy? And it's like, well, I, it's hard to have sympathy because I'm the one putting money mm-hmm. for their care. It's coming out of my wallet. It's not coming out of their wallet. Yeah. And it, it's like this, it's this evil uh, cycle. Like I, we got into this business to help people and you start helping some of these people. And a lot of these people, unfortunately, are the homeless population who know that we will help them. It's a system and they use us like the ambulance for tax rights. I can't tell you how many times I've taken somebody from, because I used to work in Arlington on the ambulance. I've taken somebody from like the far north side of Arlington and they just wanted to get to Fort Worth. And then, so they call 911. We, they, they say, I want to go to, you know, JPS or Harris. And then we open the back of the ambulance doors and they just walk out and go to McDonald's. I yeah. can't tell you how many times that's happened. <laughs> More times than not. And, and that, that bill, which is an extremely expensive bill, we pay for, you know, the taxpayers pay for it. Yeah. And so it's hard. Like I, I want to help people, but it's so hard to help people when stuff like that happens all the time. And I don't think that people understand also that some of these homeless people, um, choose mm-hmm. to be homeless because they know that they don't have to pay rent. They know that they don't have to do this. They know that they don't do that. And they'll go stay at homeless shelters yeah. because they're free mm-hmm. and they're saving up all this money, mm-hmm. all that, all that stuff that they don't have to worry about. And they're going to food banks to save up all the groceries. And it's like all the money that they're collecting from you. And it's just like, they're abusing the system in a sense, but I mean, it's smart. Don't get me wrong, like it's genius. There was a but national like, study that but, they showed that the average homeless panhandler makes around forty k a year. But like, I mean, think about that. If you're not paying for your bills, mm-hmm. you're not paying a house payment. You're no not health care. No health care or free health care. Yeah, you're not paying for food, groceries. Mm-hmm. You're not paying for gas because you don't have a car. Most of them. I mean, what what are you? You're just putting it to what? You know, this is this is super twisted, but. Um, what I've seen, and I've been that person where I've gone to to the soup kitchen and the food banks, and um, I'm not saying this is everybody, and I think that we definitely need those charity organizations. Um, but I've I've helped the quote unquote the homeless before, um, to pat myself on the back to make me feel good about myself. And I feel like a lot of people do that. They they go to the soup kitchens and they um you know trying to help the poor and needy, and they like oh man I, I spent a whole weekend I mean, he's Lancaster and I was you know, playing music and giving people food and water and and then they leave and they feel good about themselves. But that's not fixing the issue. When those people, those homeless, tip, again, from my experience, again, this, this whole conversation is about people who have worked 
on the emergency side of thing and the majority of the homeless no people doubt. like I, I can't like so many times we've gone in downtown Fort Worth and you see all the patients that I've always taken care of like 90% of the population have gone to where we used to work where I used to work JPS so you know these people and you know how they act they know you know like the conversations you've had with them and they they will straight up tell you yeah I'm working the system so the people who are in the soup kitchen and it's again it's more of like a pat on the back I've seen that happen a lot and they're just getting taken advantage of I've also worked or volunteered at a at a soup kitchen type thing and I've seen people pull up in like BMWs oh yeah and uh-huh. Mercedes and I'm like for yeah. real like you're joking right and yeah. they'll come in and be like oh well, we just lost our job which very well could be true but sell it's your like, car right you'll be good for and a whole so, year <laughs> so it's just like that's the other frustrating aspect of it is just to see that and you're like oh my gosh or speaking of JPS in particular I mean you get these patients that come in there and come in there and come in there and come in there. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, you want to, like you said, you want to be nice to them. But then they're constantly treating you like you're scum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're not like there for a particular reason. Like they'll come there and they'll be super intoxicated or super. Are you hot? It's kind of warm. It's going to be loud. So I'm not just going to mess with okay. it. So you'll hear the fan and stuff, y'all. But it's too hot in here for us to not have this fan. So. The thing that I feel like as people don't understand is like there's a lot of patients that come in there and they're like, well, don't you feel bad for the homeless person that has to sleep outside? And it's like, yes and no, because like if they would have showed up on the shelter on time and almost all of them know when the shelter opens and closes and they were sober, (laughs) they weren't doing drugs and weren't drinking alcohol, um, they would be allowed in the shelter and be in the warmth. And I'm not saying they have room for every single homeless person out there. But for majority of it, if you go stand in that line and go through the process, you're going to have a place to stay. And they do work with most every homeless person. And then while they're there, they help them get back on their feet, which is the purpose of yes. it. I just think that the thing... That get, get closer to the mic cause, because of this fan. Yeah. So I think that there's like a big abuse of it where the people think like, oh, you don't have any sympathy. And it's like, I do have sympathy for it, but to a point. And for me, I, I, I was robbed. I was robbed of my empathy and sympathy for people completely. Like, eat, and it got so bad where I, well, <laughs> the person can be, could be in, in the ER for a legit reason, and I wouldn't give a crap. I was like, I got to get out. <laughs> I, got, I didn't care about anybody. It, yeah. was, it was hard to care about my friends. Yeah. Like, that's how bad it got for me. So much less the homeless person who's yelled at me for the 10th time. So I have, I have, I really have a hard time. I'm trying to like homeless people again. <laughs> I really am, but it's hard. I mean, it, I have a negative connotation towards that, and I think that, you know, it's it's an un, un, unfortunate circumstance mm-hmm. and situation. But I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, and it's hard. And honestly, I would love for for somebody else on the other side of it who like the homeless people is their thing. Man, let, get on my podcast and let's talk about it because I need help. <laughs> I think a lot of people in this business. Need help. If you talk to any paramedic, um, any cop, uh, they, they're probably going to tell you the same thing that maybe they have a better perspective on it. That's awesome. But this is a big issue. And it's, it's kind of like when you, when people like the home, like the homeless population, when they always take from the system, the economy and never give back, then we have issues like we see today. I mean, that's why your debt is just increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing. It's like, I think the average, uh, ambulance bill, like 33% of 911 calls actually get paid. And because those 33% uh, actually, or the the other well, the 66% doesn't get paid, all 
the bills go up across the board because nobody else is paying. So that's why we have such high ambulance bills and medical bills because because of the people who don't pay. And now that gets into a debate about free healthcare and Obamacare for all. It's, I'm not getting into that, but it's one of those issues. It's one of those, those big issues that we're seeing today. Mm-hmm. So did you ever encounter any of these issues as a journalist? Um, yeah, I mean, I did a lot of stories with like homeless population, homeless community. Um, has your perspective shifted from then to now after being an EMT for how long now? A year and a half? Yes and no. I mean, I think I have a little less sympathy for them for the homeless population. Cause I think that there is somewhat of a choice. Like I think if you really, really want to get out of that situation, there's going to be a way. Um, it's just dependent on how hard you want to work at getting out of that situation. Um, and I know that there's been times where people close to me, I don't want to say particularly who they are, but the people close to me have been homeless at points in their lives and they decided that they didn't want to be that way whenever they grew up. So they worked their butt off in school and then worked their butt off whenever they got out of school and they didn't go to college. They just got a job and they got it and they stuck with it and they went and worked their butt off. And, you know, I mean, there's ways to get out of that situation. I think there's a lot of people that say, well, I'm, I was born into it. And it's like, well, yeah, I get you don't have the resources to succeed as much as maybe somebody that has a laptop. I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have the resource e- equality in that sense. But to say that you don't, you can't, I think that's the first like, Big like mm-hmm. okay now your mindset's already given up yes so um, that's the I can't is the biggest thing I see all the time so you know we were homeless me and my family were homeless for about a year um, a gas well uh, spilled over into our house our property and killed we we had we had three dogs that were uh, that had puppies and each pup each litter had, had ten puppies so we had thirty puppies that we were raising and uh, it killed all the puppies. And all our dogs, because they walked into the spill, and then we started getting sick. We just started getting like random nosebleeds. Um, my mom got real sick, so we're like, okay, what are we gonna do? So we, long story short, we had to move out. Um, but we couldn't move out in a good way. We had no nowhere else to go, so we moved into at that time our church building, and we were in our church building for a year, for, and we had no home. It was just kind of it was super weird living, you know, in one of the the rooms off to the side of the main auditorium that yeah. people just like walking. Hey, what's up? And I'm just chilling. I'm sleeping. So uh, that situation definitely isn't as bad as a lot of other situations, but just not having a home, a, like an actual covering home is, is, is hard. I guess like I've, I wouldn't be able to speak in the sense of like, I don't have any experience in, in that area. I've never suffered for anything in life. I've, you know, essentially, you could say I was handed a silver spoon, and, and it's been good ever since. Um, and it and it really has. Like I, I've never had to worry about like really anything like that. Um, but I've also, at the same time, um, I work my butt off. Like no yeah. matter what I do. Um, right now, I mean, we don't make like you said a lot of money as EMTs. So what do I do to make more money? Oh, well, damn. I work forty eight to 60 hours. So if I don't work 60 hours, I work 48 hours. And it's almost every other week I'm working that many hours and people are like, Oh my God, that's crazy. And it's like, yeah, but I can live. 
you know, so I'm I'm fine. I'm happy. Like I'm I'm able to live. I'm capable of. Your working. wife's a doctor. I mean, I know, right? come on. <laughs> but, but before she she graduated school, I, I mean, we were paying all the bills coming from me. I know everything was coming out of my stuff, and she was living with me before she got hired on. So it was like everything was coming from me, and like that's not a salary with two people being on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think uh, I think I started off at twelve dollars an hour. And left at like fifteen dollars an hour, or something yeah. like that. So it's just like, how do you how do you live off that? Will you work and then you work overtime, and then whenever there's time and a half off, you pick it up, yeah. and you don't hang out with a friend this Sunday so that you can get shift differential and yeah. and get work a weekend here and there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's how you make it work. It mm-hmm. sucks. It's not always fun, but it's like you know, if I want to play in a volleyball tournament on Saturday. And I want to have off that Saturday. Well, Sunday I'm going to work and then I'm picking up Monday and Tuesday because I need to pick up two extra shifts to help cover not only the cost of what I had to pay for the volleyball tournament, but like to pay for other bills that are coming forward. Dude, you're, so. you're a boss at volleyball. So. The one time. So, okay. This is, this is another story. So I love sand volleyball. Uh, Brent was like, yeah, I love, I love volleyball too. And he's like, hey, you got to come play with me. So like, all right, cool. Um, so I go out and play with them, but it's it's court volleyball, and it's a million times different. Um, like I'm I'm okay. Like I'm not like super good, but I'm okay at volleyball, especially like sand. Give me some like twos, I love it. Twos or threes. Um, it's never been super competitive for me. Like okay, it has in the past. Like I've, <laughs> I've lost friends over volleyball, <laughs> but um, especially once I started like, growing up, I was like okay, it's just it's just a game. But I get competitive. So anyways, you invite me out this one time and it was I was like oh my gosh there's like 55 different positions <laughs> and I felt I felt I don't even know how to explain it like an idiot and I know you you were, you were awesome you're trying to be there trying to be cool but the team I was on that lady she was like you're a retard. <laughs> she goes, you stay in this corner and don't move. We'll rotate around you. I was like oh my god. Yeah. Because I mean I can, I can hit the ball okay. I can you know, blah blah but I walked away playing yeah. like half of a game. All right, all right. It showed me my place, and uh, it's, it was it was one of those humbling experiences for me yet again. Um, I think we need those. I, I <laughs> we need those times where you know something happens and you're just you're at the bottom of the barrel and you don't know jack about anything. And that was those times for me, and it was really good. And but you're, I mean, I'm watching you. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're amazing at volleyball and court volleyball. And you just ran, uh, won a couple of tournaments too, right? The sand volleyball tournaments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I haven't played court volleyball really since about the time that we played. <laughs> I mean, like, I just I just kind of grew away from it, yeah. and I wanted to get more sand I um, love involved. Sand. And so I've been playing a lot of doubles, and I got a, I got out of sand because my volleyball double partner got hurt <clears throat> and he tore his ACL. And so I was like, Ooh. well, I, you know, I don't have a partner. You know, I'll wait for him to yeah. recover. And he's still in the mend right now. Jeez. Um, but I found this other guy, you know, in the meantime that I'm like hanging out with and we're playing together. And uh, he's he just like picked it up. He's a basketball player. He's in his 30s, but he's taller than me. He jumps higher than me. He's <laughs> he's stronger than me. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, just like he's just all around a better athlete than mm-hmm. I am. Um, but the thing is, is like he's just like uncomfortable. Like there's things like setting he's not comfortable with, passing he's not great with hitting he may hit it out sometimes he may hit it in that was like a year and a half ago now you bring him in and i'm like setting him and he's just like 
every time like down and yeah. i'm like i'm like i knew he, i knew he had the potential it's just like seeing it all come together yeah. and like the passing it's like from shanking like one out of every you know one out of every three to like one out of every like nine mm. and like that kind of stuff and like knowing where to be position wise like if somebody's coming up to block him like hey maybe just roll it put, i don't put I the don't, mic in front of you <laughs> i don't i don't i don't always have to yeah i don't always have to swing and like just like different technicalities of volleyball like that you pick up like as you play more and mm-hmm. less and like positioning knowing See, and, where that, to be. and that's like give me twos where it's just me and another dude great I got you, but it's been a while. But I'm in the court volleyball. Oh my gosh. We'll see. There's like every positions. Person, every, yeah. yeah, every position had like 30 moves. <laughs> and they were calling like like different numbers Plays. out. And like, I was like, and you were like, what? <laughs> I was just like, I was like, you know, you move over to this side of the court whenever you start, even though you're on the left side, you're going to move to the right side. And you're like, why? And I was like, that, that, that's your position over there on the right side. And you're just not the left side. And I'm in the middle so, every time. Like so. I said, super humbling. <laughs> And for those of y'all who know, like, I love volleyball. It was, it was an experience, experience. Although I did get told the other day, this is, you know, I felt kind of disappointed that I got told this, but I feel like maybe you thought this when meeting me and hearing that I play volleyball. The people that I play volleyball with, they're like, you know, you're deceivingly good. Like, you don't, <laughs> you don't come over as like somebody that would be like really good at volleyball. Uh, and then you come out here and you're just like, boom. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that was kind of insulting like, <laughs> but you are you're you're phenomenal like so, I, I, I was not expecting you to be this good so, not i mean i'm definitely like digressed since i think we played yeah. um well maybe just, i'm fine on your level then so so <laughs> i probably feel like not i just don't have the time to dedicate yeah. that i used to have yeah i get that so in in the era today of what i like to call misinformation how do you filter out you know, being from that role, how do you filter out? Are you cold now? No. Because you look like you're cold. No. Okay. I'm good. This feels good. Um, how do you filter out the misinformation from your decision-making process? Um, I try to read the story. I think that's like the big thing that people don't do. Is like if I see a story and it's super controversial and I see like 150, 250 comments on it, um, I'll go and actually read it and I'll read what it says. And most of the time it's like a little different than what the title actually says. And, um, you know, I can see how they interpreted it as something like that, but I feel like at the same time, I feel like it's not nearly as controversial as they set it out to be. Um, so so that's my question. Why do people, it gets ratings, it gets reviews, mm -hmm. but why do news organizations do this? Because the more people that read their articles and the more people that comment on their articles, the more money they get because they have advertisement and they can say, hey, look, this is the uh, logistics of how many people are coming to our articles, each one on average. This is usually like how much our top articles are getting. So do you want to put an ad online Hmm. on one of our articles and then that way you will get this many eyes on on your ad? So... Do you think that a lot of these organizations, this is a leading question. I know leading questions are frowned upon a lot of times, but do you think a lot of news organizations uh, specifically create articles to go towards specific confirmation biases and news stories? So that's why we have a Fox and a CNN that's polar opposite on almost every way. And if you lean towards the left, you're going to watch CNN 
if you lean towards the right, you're going to watch Fox. And it's almost like this war that uh, people automatically know they can go to one side or the other for their confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. Oh, no doubt. I mean, any day of the week, I mean, you look at it and I, I think that, that you're 100% on the ball. I think the other thing is is money, is where's the money, where's the money at? Um, if you talk about more local news, not so much CNN or Fox, because Fox and CNN have their backing. I mean, you see how much money presidential debates yeah. raise, I mean, just from the Democrats and the Republicans. So if that's how much they're raising from each party, those networks are also getting a good amount of money. They're not hurting, to say the least, for those two networks. Your local news is more focused on what ads can I get on my 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 site. And they're more looking at like local ads, like your local store that's downtown that maybe is newer in town and they're trying to establish themselves or a new restaurant or maybe this Olive Garden over here ha is a franchise, but that franchise owner really wants to up his seats so he pays for an advertisement here and there or just mm -hmm. little things like that I think is more of like the local news is is about the dollar they're chasing the dollar and whatever gets more reads on their on their articles online I think that they will do um, even earlier you said that a lot of the, of even our generation we don't watch the local news we're not going to come home at five o'clock and you know sit down and watch the 530 news mm -hmm. which is the five o'clock news so if that's not happening, most of our, our generation is getting their news from Facebook, Facebook, which is even, terrible. Even Twitter. And even now we've seen that um, a lot of these social media giants censored uh, that one article about Hunter Biden or whatever. I don't even remember what it was. I just yeah, know that everybody was, lost their minds. I was reading a little bit about that. I, I, I mean, again, like it's the thing is what's accurate and what's not. And how, until, do you, until, how do you know that whenever it gets censored? And I don't, and then I just, I just can't believe I, it honestly shocked me when Facebook and Twitter, no matter what they do. Um, I mean, I can understand like, you know, just something just so out there and so disgusting. Like, you know, um, you, you've seen a lot of disgusting stuff in the medical field. I can understand them like censoring like gory pictures and stuff like that or censoring this. But if this is the news and this is what's going on and like, they're telling us like that, you know, I've, I know that I have family members on both sides, but it seems like one side that posts more about Trump and they're like, go Trump, you know, you know, this and that it's their posts get reported mm -hmm. and they've in gotten a disproportionate their posts, way in their posts have gotten taken down. So then this goes into the and debate. Like, I'm like, well, how is that fair? I mean, it, I'm not saying that like they shouldn't, if it's something bad and something, you know, like saying yeah. like the N word on it, if it's something, you know, has, you know, just something lynching on it. Um, so what you're saying is no matter it, what side you lean, the fact is one side is getting more censored than the other. Is that what I, you're saying? I, I think that it's true on Facebook, at least. Okay. I think that I don't think there's any denying that um, they're and then they're they're taking down this post that's against, like you said, um Biden's son, uh, yeah, Hunter Biden, Hunter, Hunter Biden. I didn't and read so the article. It is, but... It's taken down, and but I, I know it's a negative article towards him. So okay. it's almost like, well, that's another thing that they're. And even if it was a positive article, like so, it still shouldn't be getting taken down, no matter, should, no matter. I mean, what. if it's if it's nothing like racist, if it's nothing you know derogatory, if it's you know, if it's okay, not well, like. Well, then let me ask you this. So, so the biggest debate for this idea right now is that 
Facebook and Twitter and whatever social media else there is, um, those are private companies and they have the right to do that. Yeah. So, so you, do you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. I mean, they do have the full right to do that. So maybe people shouldn't be losing their minds about it, getting taken down from Facebook and Twitter. Um, instead, do their own research from the direct source. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I agree completely. Like it's their own, it's their own company, and they can they can do what they would like to do. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so I maybe think we that, should just stop getting away. So maybe so we should for my. So I have a little argument on this. Okay. So, if you're a company that censors stuff that allows certain things and allows and doesn't allow other things, and you're like the head guy. Should the people that are working under you be okay with what you're censoring and what you're not censoring? And it's a very vague statement, but I'm trying not to, I'm trying to make a point here. Um, if, if you're the like CEO and you say like, you're not allowed to do this or you're allowed to do this. And this is the rules and they're, which we technically have that at almost every company. You can't do certain things in the workplace. So like, I mean, you look at the NFL. They say, you can't do this. I pay your paycheck. And then they go and do it. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like, how is that different than the Facebook taking yeah. down this? I don't, I don't know. It's just it's weird to me. Yeah. It's a good question. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah. That's why I'm asking it. So, yeah, I, I, like I said, I but, wonder if, again, because everything is, is revolved so much around social media right now. We're getting all information from Facebook or Twitter. Oh, no doubt. You know, um, maybe this is just a good idea to stop getting all information from Facebook or Twitter because it is a private company. They can kind of do what they want. Maybe we should actually start going to the source and doing our own research, uh, which, again, it takes time, which people don't want to do. Oh, dude, that- I've, I've, I've like almost wanted to delete multiple social media sites so many times just from like seeing friends fight with friends and family fight yeah. with family over different things. And I'm like, you know, y'all love each other or y'all like each other and y'all hang out like outside of this. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting here like telling each other that you're a piece of crap or you're wrong. And you know, <laughs> today, like, yeah. today my family did that. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, and not my, my come on. like you're kidding. We can't yeah. have a, and, and like the fact that we can't have a conversation. I think yeah. that's what bothers me the most. It's like, it's no longer a conversation. Like you can't sit here and like, talk and they're just like how can you even ask a question like that that's the dumbest thing of obviously it's like whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. i'm trying to like understand understand yeah. or i'm trying to understand your side because i feel this way and we've attached people's ideas to their person yeah like if somebody has a, a weird idea or a different political leaning like we've attached that to their very being and yeah. that's not like it's like everybody that votes for Biden is a child predator, yeah. and everybody that votes for Trump is a racist bigot. Yeah. And it's like, what? Yeah, what? No, that is not true at all. I know people from both parties that are from both sides, and I know po- mm. people from both sides that are great people and are wonderful people. Yeah, I honestly don't know at this point what what's going to happen in the on the in the election. I mean, that's a lesser of two evils. I'm yeah. going to say that right now. I mean, that's kind of how good I feel. Lord, how do, how do we not have two better people in America? <laughs> because we have to be crazy. You have to be a serial killer to, to be the president. But you have to be insane to be the president, honestly. I mean, you look at – speaking of presidents and how they go through, do you notice how much they age when they go through a presidency? Oh, dude, the before and Isn't after it, pictures yes. are hilarious. <laughs> oh, but that makes, it makes sense. I mean, you literally have 
millions, if not billions of people at oh your, gosh. at your, uh, not control, but, um, you're kind of responsible I mean, in a lot of ways. I would give like Obama just recently. I mean, he was, he's the most recent one I can think of. I mean, he looked pretty oh, young yeah. when he went into office. I mean, he, he looked pretty good and he let get out. Uh-huh. He looks old, uh-huh. man. But you I have to like, be, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, one of my podcasts, you, we were talking about this. You have to be crazy to want to be the president. And I think that's kind of where, how we've got to this point. We have two crazy people. We've always had crazy people for, in some sort of fashion as presidents. And it's, it's kind of hard to kind of, I just feel like they're more like you look at uh past presidents. I'm not saying all, for example, but they were more like center, right, center, left. And I feel like these Guys are more like well in our out right and out left like the, more more than they have been in the past since we've been alive because in the twenty some odd years you've been alive in the twenty some odd years I've been alive in the four or in the three presidential votes that I've got to vote in yeah. this has been the most like yeah radical I would say guys that I've which is fair that's from a both, fair both yeah parties fair assumption but we, again that's uh, still a small perspective on the all the presidents because i heard things about this uh long time ago with even roosevelt and uh well, what's his face the actor uh reagan reagan same he was some far out there from what i heard i could be wrong but um you know we didn't vote for those guys they weren't in our lifetime as presidents um i think that it's super easy to see you know the, the last 20 years and make broad assumptions on things as a whole, like a broad statement. But I, I do agree that from our perspective of lifetime, it's, it's a very kind of, like I said, alt left, alt right type mm-hmm. of type of decision. Um, I would love to get somebody on here and give us a little bit better perspective, but I think as a whole, we should look at things in the grand scheme, like COVID terrible. It sucks. It kills people. It's a real disease. But at least it's not the Black Plague, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I agree. I think, it, I mean, it's very real. It is a killing disease. It does kill people. It is way overhyped. Okay. I mean, you look at the, the I, and, and, you know, I think people think like, oh, you're so insensitive. Like, does one life, one life should matter? And it's like, yes, one life should matter. But like, how much does the flu kill? And how much does this kill? And how much does that kill? You know, and I... And it's just like it the the rate at which they were saying it was killing people was the the numbers were inaccurate from a reliable source. Well, and, and that was another we're, thing. We're also we're in I think right now the the spike of the second wave from what a lot of the the, the stats are showing. Um, yeah, it looks like it's on the uptick yeah, again. Hospitalizations are going back up, and that's kind of that's a that's a big factor for measuring uh, the severity of it because the second wave like before. Uh, hospitalizations were down, admissions were down, and that's kind of showing, okay, we're, we're getting to that low peak, but now hospitalizations are going back up, blah, blah, blah. Um, but even aside from just specifically COVID, I think so many times we lose perspective. We lose perspective on everything based on what, we're, what we can see now. Um, just if you go to another country, like the, the, the shit that's happening in Nigeria right now, have you looked into that? No. Look into it when you leave at some point, like, the 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 deaths that are happening right now in, in massive like genocide ways it's like if nine eleven happened every day for the past twenty years in Nigeria that's kind of what has happened right now um, look into Nigeria and this even this podcast like guys see what's going on there and then you realize like we still have it amazing like 
Oh, you, no doubt. I mean, like, we're still living a cush life. And you look yeah. around the world at like some of the stuff, I think it's perfectly example, like what you said. I mean, what's going on there? I don't know what's going on there. But I mean, back in the day, you think about what's going on in America while the Hutus and the Tutsis are mm-hmm. sitting there killing off each other. I mean... Yeah. Come on, like what? And we're probably sitting over here arguing, like, can you believe our taxes are going up this year? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you hit the nail on the head. That's perfect. It's almost like people want us to focus inwardly on what's happening in our country, which to a point that's – I get that. That's healthy. But look out for stinking one time in your freaking life. Look, go to freaking Nigeria. Go to China. Go to Nicaragua and go do some actual perspective shifting. If you go to any one of those countries, your perspective is going to shift a million times over. And yeah. that's been my issue lately. Like, yes, election sucks sometimes. We have the right. We are so blessed to be able to freely vote. But again, put it into perspective on what's really going on in your neighbors. And this comes back to the uh, news part of things. Like you were asking, like, what did you get to choose and what did you not get to choose and yeah. and stuff like that? Well, <clears throat> in the news business... If something's going on in Rwanda or or going on in Africa or going on in Europe or Asia or wherever country it is, it doesn't pertain to your local viewing, especially for local news. It doesn't pertain to your local audience. So it's, I wouldn't say irrelevant, but it's irrelevant to the news organization, the area that you're portraying to. Because oh. they, see, that, and I think that's a wrong mindset. And so, but that's what their their thing yeah. is: is it, it doesn't affect us. It doesn't matter. It it affects us in in a like Inverse a second world. secondary or tertiary yeah. way. But but like you said, it does. Yeah. But they don't see the yeah. relationship, and so it's like, or maybe they do and choose not to still. And so they 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 I know for sure will never in local news cover something like I mean unless it's like the end of the genocide, and they'll maybe give it like a. 30 second to a minute piece of like, Hmm. okay, this has happened. It's done. It's over with. We're moving on. What if there was a a story to every local news hour that talked about what's happening in the world? You think it might change some perspectives on even your personal life? I mean, I think so. But I mean, it's like, who's going to fund it? (laughs) It's all the money. (laughs) It's all, yeah, it's all the money. I mean, you got to look at who's going to fund it. And then how are they going to keep finding stories I mean, I know that there's always going to be stories anywhere yeah. you go. That was weird. You just had a flicker. <laughs> that was the AC that kicked on. Yeah. That was weird. I thought you were trying to set the mood. I mean, you, you know. You have a candle. <laughs> dimming the lights. Dude, this candle smells good, doesn't it? Yeah, it smells pretty good. Yeah, I went to Walmart. I never go to Walmart. I got three candles. And I was, Dude, I was that guy in the... at Walmart. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's always the cheapest. I'm like, and you know, I'm, I'm guilty as... As anybody, like, I know that Walmart, like, haggles, like, the people that they work with to, like, make <laughs> yeah. them, like, make as little as possible so that yeah. they can sell their product as cheap as possible. But I'm like, oh, dude, they're candles. all All, so all I know is that I went to the uh, candle aisle and I was that guy who was, like, spent 30 minutes in well, the I candle used to, I should say. I, I don't go there anymore because the closest grocery store is H-E-B now. Yeah, it's H-E-B is just so down the street. Like, I love H-E-B. And you always get coupons everywhere. I'm like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they get you. The, the price probably isn't that much lower they just add the coupons in to think it's actually you're saving money. Yeah. Well, I can tell you're tired. Uh, it's getting kind of late. You worked all day. So we'll go ahead and wrap this up. So thank you so much for coming out tonight, man. It was a lot of fun. Any yeah. other, any other last final statements? Last words? Um, yeah. It's been weird for about an hour and 15 minutes because you've been staring at my penis the whole time. 
Um, and I feel like there's your legs coming up my leg right now. Okay, can we stop this? Um, okay, bye. <laughs>